This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, December 2nd, and it's week 13 in the National Football League. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jags Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. We love feedback, of course, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start with a reaction to the Jaguars' Week 12 win over the Ravens, a game that featured eight lead changes, including the game-winning score with 14 seconds remaining. Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli joined me each Monday afternoon on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, you know, I like the idea that a staff isn't caught up in where a guy was drafted. And you've been around the league a long time, Tony. You've seen it play out where teams are defiant almost at times to the guy who was drafted higher should stays in the lineup a little longer than he should. And this staff used the bye week to change that. And I got to give him credit for that because uh, I think, I think you play the best player. I don't care where he came from. You know, a lot of good guys wouldn't bench, right, Tony, a lot of guys wouldn't bench that first round pick in the, in the first year of his, of his, uh, of his career. Well, that's what the good coaching coaching staff do. And I think Doug Peterson has a good staff. I think he's a hell of a head coach. I think he's a great play, play caller. And uh, I think he's been consistent. I mean, he's, I mean, he is about one thing, one thing only, and that's building this thing back the right way, right culture, and winning football games. And he's going to put the players out there that give them an opportunity to do that. So I'm with you, Pete. I applaud them. Hey, going back to the press conference, JP, who asked him about the Tennessee Titans? I believe it was Gary Smith today. I don't, well, the question, the, 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 the question was this, Tony, and it wasn't specifically about Tennessee. The question was something to the effect of, hey, you, you talk about all these things out in front of you. It's uh, now a three-game lead like we've talked about, two games against Tennessee. Is, is that what you're referring to, is that whole situation? That was the tone of the question, at least. So okay. it wasn't specifically about the Titans are coming up in but two it, weeks. I don't care. If I had asked Coughlin that question when he was the coach, he, he would have he reamed me. Oh, he would have reamed me. Oh, 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 Tennessee? We, we play Detroit this week. Tennessee? Are you really going to go there? That's exactly what it would have been. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty close. Uh, you would know, so, Pete. You, know, you got that a few times. You talk about St. Jones. What a great game. And – I've been high on Zay since training camp watching him. He now has 58 catches on the year. He's on pace for 89 catches. And Kirk's on pace for, you know, mid to high 90s. If they if those two stay on track, on pace of what they're doing so far, and I actually think their numbers are only going to get better because the better Trevor plays and the more that they trust him to throw it around the yard like they did. Uh, and especially if Travis Etienne is not 100%, that ball is going to be in the air more. And you, you could have two guys on this roster that have north of 80 catches at the end of the year. Which is it's pretty impressive for two receivers that when they were signed here, a lot of people opened their eyes and said, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. I mean, and now I think you throw Ridley into the equation, next, the equation year, next year. You got three. Yeah. 
You got three that can make a lot of plays. Well, I'm still I'm hopeful with Ridley, Pete, but I still don't know very many guys that take two years off the game of football and come back and are what they were when they left. That's true. I mean, it's, there's questions about it, but if he is, oh, if he is, really have. oh, it's great. It's huge. You know, um, here's the other thing about yesterday too. This I was thinking about this when I was watching the game. Josh Oliver would be a nice in a Jaguars uniform. I knew that was coming up at some point. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was a that's a mistake on their part. There's no, I mean, and, and I get it. He was a little injury plagued early in his career, but they gave up on him, and they shouldn't have, particularly when you don't have anything at that position. He's every bit as good as every tight end they have, or close to it. Yeah. He blocks a little bit, too. He's not a terrible blocker. No, they gave up on him, and they just – and he's good, good for Josh Oliver. You can give him credit. He went to Baltimore, and he's making a career. And he's a, he's a good rotational tight end for them. You know, call it the second or third tight end, whatever it is. Um, yeah, he, he had a touchdown catch, a couple catches. You know, he's a, he's a nice role player. You know, we're talking about numbers, though, Pete. We talked last week about what Trevor Lawrence would need to do with the numbers. He's on pace now for 4,100 yards, 25 touchdowns, nine interceptions. How would you rate that if those are the numbers at the end of the year? Well, my my prediction, not a prediction, but what I – yeah, prediction. What I thought he would do would be 4,500, 31 to 33, and then 10. So – He's fallen short in the touchdown category. He's going to probably fall a little short in the in the passing category, but yardage-wise. But, I mean, it's close. It's in the ballpark. I thought he would have more touchdown passes, but he struggled early in the year. He couldn't really get it going. Now, you know, in the last – well, how many has he thrown in the last three games? Uh, six, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that, that's two per game. You'd be right at – you'd be at 35, 34. So, I, I do think that what we've seen from him in the last three weeks – is what we're gonna you're gonna get from him going forward. Jaguars Happy Hour Monday airs four to six p.m. on ten ten XL AM Jaguars and the Jaguars social media channels Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Now to the best of the press conferences this week, starting with the coordinators from Thursday, including offensive coordinator Press Taylor, who was asked if last week was Trevor Lawrence's best game. You know, I don't know if I'd go through and compare every single game and how he's played. There's been spurts here and there, different things. Certainly the fourth quarter. Really, that, that last drive, he just got hot. And you could kind of see in the way he threw the ball, the conviction he had, hit his back foot, let the ball rip, put it to a spot where really it was his guys or nobody. And there were a lot of those throws that were seemed like long handoffs where he just kind of, you saw that confidence just pouring out in the way he played and the way he let the ball rip and the belief in what he was doing at the line. Have you seen that more consistently in the last three weeks, uh, those moments you're yeah. I believe so. Yeah, and part of that is is just conviction. He knows what he wants. He knows what he's looking at from the defense. He knows where his guys are going to be. Just that chemistry built up over time with his guys, um, whether it be Zay, Christian, Marvin, Evan, the backs. You know, all that Agnew stepping in there making some plays. Um, yeah, you see that from Chris, from from Trevor. But that's kind of what you expect going on to the going into the season, continuing to work together and spend time together. They're obviously different players, but Jermichael and just his speed and explosion, does he allow you to do some of the same things you would do with Travis? Yeah, there's certainly elements to his game that, that marry some of the things that we have built in for Travis. So, you know, Jermichael had a big third down conversion where they busted a coverage, but that was something Travis had really been the one that repped all week. And, you know, you don't have much hesitation throwing him out there, putting him in a situation where he's run that route. He's done it at certain times. Now, was he featured on it during the week? Probably not. We try to sneak in walk-through reps so those guys all know if somebody goes down, 
they know the assignment, they know what to do. Um, we'll sneak off those types of throws to the side with Trevor just in case something like that were to come up. And so as a coach, it makes you feel good when that comes up and that guy's ready to roll, that guy executes at a high level. Trevor doesn't blink that all of a sudden there's a new guy standing next to him on the primary route in a third down concept because he's got a lot of trust built in Jermichael just through, you know, Jermichael was the guy that joined us late right as the start of the season. And so now we've had 13, 14 weeks to spend time with them and try to get on the same page. We're talking all these running backs. Where's Snoop at? Snoop's done a good job developing. I thought he did a good job when he came in there, hit a couple tight zone runs, um, you know, did a good job getting downhill and trying to kind of bring a physical presence there that we felt like we needed at the third quarter in the game when he got those carries. Defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell answered questions about the linebacker change, Chad Muma starting over Devin Lloyd. Uh, I thought Chad uh, did a good job. He went out there, uh, played a lot of energy, made some plays for us. Uh, I think he calmed everything down uh, at times. He helped Foyer out a bunch. So. Uh, did a good job. And going forward, you know, just uh, continue to get better. Uh, just uh, find his niche in this defense. What do you want to see from Devin as he gets involved in sort of the packages, kind of reversing roles, I guess, with Muma going forward for a little bit? You know, with Devin, it'll just be, you know, like, go out to practice today, continue to work on the techniques, continue to get better. And, you know, he's still a vital part of this defense. And he'll be in on at linebacker at times, being on packages. It's just... We have a good group of guys that we're able to use and just try to get uh, the most out of them. Trey Herndon was a healthy scratch against the Ravens. Is that a product of what you've seen from Buster Brown and, and Campbell, or was that just the game plan and situation for them? It, it, was, it was really just a, a way to give another guy opportunity. We saw what Trey could do, and we're happy and we're pleased with that, but we just wanted to see what a, another guy that hadn't had a chance to go out there and play and just, you know, and. TC went out there, did a good job for us, and Buster's been doing a good job. So just continue to work guys in and give them opportunities and let guys uh, step up and take off. How do you balance getting guys this time that you want to see, but also wanting the game plan to make sure that you're putting the best guys on the field to win the game? That's the thing. Weekly, it changes. And you know you might see a package this week, a package the next week. But weekly, we have to go out there and put our guys in the best position to win that game. And whoever it calls for, everybody has a different skill set, and we'll use that skill set the best we can. Then on special teams, punter Logan Cook put together a massive average on three punts last week, and he's among the league leaders in gross and net average for the season. Special teams coordinator Heath Farwell said he isn't surprised anymore. I'm not because I see him do it every day. Um, he's super talented, works at it every day. Um, you know, some of those those punts you just don't see, especially seeing three of them. You know, you'll see a 70-yard punt once in a while, and it's it's spectacular. That alone to have three of them, uh, it's pretty special. And um, you know, it's a it's a it's something he works at all the time. And then to have DT go down there and down that one at the two was, uh, you know, just made it even better. So those are uh, you know we're 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 able to watch a, a very very talented punter and. Uh, you know, Pro Bowl talent, and uh, you know, I don't know if you know. Hopefully, this is his year. If it's not, uh, he deserves it. You know, he's a he's a special player. Uh, we're lucky to have. I was uh, um, I'm fortunate to, to to have him here. You got you know the Jacksonville Jaguars draft him, and I just walk into a spectacular player. Now to the players this week, starting with quarterback Trevor Lawrence Wednesday in a press conference, and a look at his cleats for my cause, my cleats week. I'm partnering with Lift Jacks, so they they work in the east side right here, out east. Um, and it's really a cool, it's a really a cool initiative and, and group where they, it's like full service, trying to revitalize the community. They focus on um, providing housing, education, 
health and wellness, and then they do financial courses and, and a lot of things like that. So it's a really cool thing they do, and it's literally a couple blocks away. You know, we, I rode there on a golf cart uh, last week, early last week, to go visit with those with those guys and talk to them about all the stuff they're doing and just talk about my cause, my cleats, and, you know, why we wanted to partner with them. And um, it's really cool what they're doing over there. And, you know, that's such a – the east side is such an important part of Jacksonville, and it's right around the corner, and I think a lot of times it gets overlooked. So it's, it's cool uh, what they're doing and just for me to be able to be a part of it, a small part of it. How did you get hooked up with them in the first place? You know, I was looking for – really, me and my wife are looking to get more involved in the community, and um, this was one of the organizations that our team here with the Jags kind of brought to us and was like – because when we were looking at stuff for My Cause, My Cleats, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And they – you know, this was on the, on the list of, of different um, – of different things to look at and, and we checked it out and we like really love what they're what they're doing over there and the fact that it kind of covers everything like I was saying education housing um, health and wellness you know financial literacy all those things it's, it's cool that they uh, it's really a full service they're trying to hit every part to revitalize the community and I think it's really really cool spread out right near the goal line yeah 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 you threw it away when you kicked the field goal yeah yeah yep. but he said there was no doubt in his mind that you were going to throw that away if it wasn't there mm -hmm. because how many conversations have you guys had since the interception last time <laughs> yeah we talked about it a few times <laughs> about throwing it away making sure that thing gets yeah no we've we've talked about it. i mean honestly not not necessarily a ton it's just something that i've really thought about and worked on especially in the red zone you know just constantly if it's not there like what do i do you know at that point in the game it's so early, <clears throat> you know, the, I mean, that game even on Sunday, it felt like that was two separate games, the first half and the second half. First half flew by, second half was forever. And it's such a long game, it's okay to take three points there. You don't have to try to be a superhero. You don't have to try to make a crazy play. Um, just take the points, and obviously you want to score a touchdown every red zone possession, but you're, no one's 100% on the whole season. So that's going to happen, and um, you just got to be smart, and I think that's something I'm, I'm learning and we're doing a better job of. You were in the Dan Patrick show saying that you appreciate winning a little bit more. You've learned to appreciate. When, you did, when did that become a thing for you that, okay, I really appreciate winning? Going through the last season or just that you figured out that how hard winnings are to come by in this league? Yeah, I think both. I mean, obviously the, the kind of the struggles that we've had the past year and a half, and um, I learned like how hard it is to win in this league compared to college. and just going back really through my whole career. And um, that was something I, I really appreciate because I know what it takes. And you see how much how much work you put in. And when you don't win or when you do win like a game on Sunday, you're even more appreciative of the fact that you won because you know what it took to, to do that. And you know that even the other weeks, you put in just as much work and you might not win. So it's you're really appreciative of really the guys that do it with you, the coaches, the players, and the amount of work that everybody puts in because it takes a lot to win. You know, it, it takes a lot. So. You take it for granted. Looking back, do you take? Do you think you took it for granted being so uber successful and ultra? Successful? Yeah, I mean, I, I, probably. You know, I don't think it's not something you consciously do. I just think you're so used to it, which is a good thing. You want to be used to winning, uh, but at the same time, um, it's good to it's good to kind of understand where you're at and and have your perspective changed a little bit. And like I said, just a more appreciative of it and. Um, we want to get back to that, though, is where that's and that's I think that's where we're getting is that confidence in every week. You know, one, we have that confidence we can beat anybody, but where where we're winning most of these games. And, you know, that's obviously the goal. And I really think that we're heading there. Since you brought up the C word, sorry, since you brought up the C word confidence, uh, you've been kind of you snarled a little bit about people asking you about your confidence <laughs> because your confidence, you, you, you're, I think it, if I read it right, your confidence has never wavered from day one last year. To, <coughs> 
take well, I mean, this year? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think there's times where you're, you know, there's you go through some trials and you, uh, there are times where you do, you kind of have to like bring yourself back in or one, remind yourself who you are. And I think that's part of having good people around you. But I guess my point, I know, you know, we were talking about some of the stuff I've said is more so people act like I'm a totally different person. Like I've, I was like, I've always been this player, you know, there's been times where I haven't played my best and, um, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of part of my growth and my development. And I've gone through those, those stages and I still have a lot, a lot to learn. I'm not saying I've arrived at all. Um, I think this game's very humbling. So the second you think that you have, it'll humble you real quick. So, um, but I just think that's the only thing is like people act like this is a new person. I'm like, this is, this is who I've been, you know, and this is the player I am. And um, I'm happy I've been really consistently performing that way the last few weeks on the field and, and showing that. But that's kind of the way my mind is working right now and keeping that confidence is just this is the same guy that I've been. Um, and like I said, I haven't always been this consistent the past year and a half, but that's that's kind of where my head's at. Running back Travis Etienne Jr. has seen Lawrence perform in person for a long time, of course. Going back to the Clemson days, he was on the sideline a lot last week with a foot issue, but he knows that when 16 gets going, it can carry a football team. Uh, the NFL, everybody is great. Uh, and it, it, it takes a little more will now. And uh, I feel like Trev, he, he wanted it. And, uh, you never seen him give, give in. Uh, and he kind of just, I, I felt like he played with passion. I felt like you kind of felt his swagger on the field that Sunday. And I feel like he needs to keep, keep bringing that on the field each and every weekend. And guys can rally behind that. And once you see Trev playing with swag and everyone else just has to play with swag, you know, it's just how, how, it, how it goes. And, uh, I thought it was great to see Trevor play with that. Wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. spent five seasons with the Detroit Lions, but his focus is now on the Jags, of course, in his second year here. And the team is starting to turn the corner. Coming off the bye, um, you know, our, 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 our thing, our message was, hey, um, in order to go 7-0, we always ha we have to go 1-0. So we have to look at every game like it's a, it's a, new, it's a new week because obviously it is, but it's a, every game is a new season. So... Um, from here on out, we're in one-game seasons, and, um, you know, we control our destiny. So um, we just have to keep going and keep feeding off of each other and feeding off of, you know, what happened last week. Wide receiver Christian Kirk this week said that the confidence really started to grow a few weeks ago. I think it started, you know, with our, our win against Vegas, um, you know, being down 17 and being able to come back and win that game. You know, it, it was able to put the confidence in guys that if we keep fighting and stay in the fight, that, you know, we can pull it out. We can learn how to finish. And so, you know, it's just another situation, you know, where we had an opportunity to go win it at the end and, you know, finally broke for us. So um, hopefully we don't have to end up in too many of those situations again. But, you know, we, uh, we're built for it. Wide receiver Zay Jones in the locker room this week previewed the Lions defense. Physicality. I think they're really physical. Um, I think they swarm to the ball well. I think they, they play well as a whole. Um, pretty collectively. Um, I think that their DC is an aggressive play caller. I don't think he's very afraid of anything. Uh, former player as well. So I have a lot of respect for him and what he's done in this league and the way that he's handled uh, this season with his team so far. So I, I just think collectively as a team, they're very physical. Tight end Evan Ingram talked about the close calls earlier in the season and finally getting over the top last week. You know, losing those close ones hurt, um, and there's lessons in those. Um, and so getting it done in the, in the close ones, coming out with a win, um, you kind of feel like you've learned from those lessons. And when you get in situations like that again, um, you, know how to, you know how to handle it. You know what needs to be done. So um, we got a young team. 
um, that has learned a lot this uh, this season. And I think going into this last stretch, obviously overcoming some of that adversity is going to help us going into the battles that's ahead of us. And on the offensive line, right tackle Jawan Taylor explained what Lions rookie defensive end Aiden Hutchinson has to offer. He mainly goes left and right. He doesn't particularly line up on one side. So me and Cam will get to see him. Uh, but he's a great player. man. He's, he's a young guy, but he definitely has a, a great future ahead of him. A, a great combo of length and speed and power. So, uh, you know, he has a whole package. Uh, and he's going to be a great player in this league for sure. Hutchinson, of course, was selected second overall in the 2022 NFL Draft behind number one overall pick Trayvon Walker with the Jags. It's week 13, but the Jaguars' outside linebacker is still feeling pretty good overall. For me, I wouldn't say I haven't hit a rookie wall. Uh, I want to say our bye week fell really perfect, to be honest. Uh, so I uh, just took bye week in advantage, took advantage of the bye week and uh, come in last week feeling good and just hopefully continue to stay healthy. And finally, linebacker Foye Aluokun had a career-high 18 tackles last week in the win over the Ravens. This week, it's a different challenge against a powerful running game for the Detroit Lions. They got a nice stable of running backs, um, so we're going to have to be on it all game. Uh, they got you know a lot of good different types of runs. Fullback doesn't always lead you to the ball, so you got to be on our P's and Q's and, and making sure we know our assignments again and just being able to play fast when we recognize run. But they got a good play-action game off of it too, so really just be able to play football. Press conferences and select locker room sound available on Jaguars.com. In a moment, Bucky Brooks on the defensive effort last week. Fred Taylor discusses Jamichael Hasty's performance against the Ravens. And head coach Doug Peterson on the work behind the scenes from quarterback Trevor Lawrence. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on iTunes or Spotify. Of course, this program most every Friday, the Huddle Up Podcast, the Ozone Podcast. Give us that five-star rating. Speaking of the Ozone Podcast, let's start now with fourth-year safety Andrew Wingard, who was John Osher's guest this week on the Ozone Podcast. He forced a key fumble late in last week's game, of course, but for Wingard, this season is much different than the last. But I really kind of re- just rekindled my own love for okay. football this year, and uh, Doug Peterson has really helped with that and the culture he's brought in and the guys he's brought in. It's like we're all just kind of on the same wavelength, and it's uh, it's just really it's so fun co- seeing how – you come, when you get older, you, you really start to observe, like you said, even more. But the preparation, how the preparation, the, the, how coach talks to the players, how everyone just interacts, how that carries over into winning games, which is the ultimate goal, is just it's awesome. And I have, like you said, I'm having a lot of fun this year. How old are you? 20, I will be 26 in a week. All right, I'm 56, so don't talk to me about getting older. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the way my body feels today, holy cow. I got you. I feel like I'm about 70. Expand on what you just said about Doug, if you will, because uh, I've talked to a lot of players about it, but it strikes me that what you've seen here, your perspective, why is it that what he's doing connects with you guys? You just you know he's doing something right when you're like excited to come in and practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 
do I really want to practice in week 12? Yes, because I know that what I do week in week, what I do on Wednesday, what I do on Thursday, what I do on Friday is really what wins football games. And that's, that's kind of the hard thing you, something that's hard to grasp as a young player when you're really not aware of all that stuff and everything's just kind of going fast. But as you, as you come along and gain experience and, you know, really start to actually listen to what the coach has to say Mm -hmm. in meetings and stuff, you're like, that rings a bell with me. You're right. It's in the preparation. And that's really what he preaches is the preparation, the process, doing all that and, and really staying together. You know, there's kind of two sides to it. There's the prep and then there's just that subconscious how you feel and feeling good mm-hmm. and, and being locked in and being with the team and eating together and loving each other. And, and it's life. You know, everyone talks about how football is a game. I really think it's everything's just life and how you – how you go at football is how you how you go at life and how you interact with people and all that stuff. It everything comes together mm-hmm. and um, you know he stayed consistent in his message. He's never panicked and and you're starting to see the you're starting to see the fruit of the labor kind of you know creeping its head out, creeping its head out. And when you gain momentum, then it really then stuff really starts to go your way. The Ozone Podcast with Safety Andrew Wingard available now on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. On Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks this week, Bucky, John Osier, and I got into the defensive effort from a week ago. If it wasn't for the early play of the defense, they might not get to that fourth quarter. Yeah, not for the early play. The defense did a really good job staying on point. Uh, and, and when you think about being able to stay on point, a lot of it is just just being able to, to, to make sure that you don't let them in the end zone. And so all week, Doug Peterson had talked about making sure you keep the ball in front, make people drive the distance, see if you can make them settle for field goals as opposed to touchdowns, and to give you a chance. And so that bend but don't break philosophy is certainly not sexy, but it's very effective if your team is very, very good in the red zone. And so when you get that combination and you get an efficient performance from the offense, it enables you to run teams down in the fourth quarter. And so the Jags were able to do that and get it done. How many times this season have we sat here and said it, it, if the Jaguars – had just scored a time or two more in the red zone, it's a different game. So I feel like the other day they won one sort of reversing in a way they had lost before. And uh, when you're playing a high-powered team like the Ravens and you are a young team trying to learn how to win, that's how you do it in the NFL. They were a little outmanned, I think, uh, defensively. I mean, I think the Ravens are a hard team to stop. Maybe a month ago that game gets away from them and they let them into the end zone and you don't have an opportunity to come back. So – I think Bucky alluded to this. We've been talking all year about the big picture of how they learn to win a game. Well, the offense at the end of the game uh, clearly showed that they're learning that. But throughout the game, the defense sort of showed that it was learning, okay, we gave it 420 yards. But at those big moments, I talk about break and serve all the time in the NFL. That's what I gauge defenses on now because I think you're going to give up yards. Do you come through in the big moments? Over and over again this year, this team hasn't. On on Sunday they did, defensively. Yeah, on on, on Sunday they they certainly came through, and I think the big thing in talking to uh, Wingard and Foyer Luakon after the game, they talked about the emphasis over the bye week had been on simplification, making sure that everyone understood exactly what they were doing on defense, that it was clear, they had clear, hard and fast rules that enabled everyone to play fast because they knew exactly what they're doing, what the expectation was of every player on the field. The other thing they talked about was just making sure that um, the communication was great on the field, meaning that 
DBs communicating with the linebackers, linebackers communicating with the DBs and the front line so that you didn't have these coverage busts. Um, he didn't say it on the record, but he alluded to maybe at the end of the game when we gave up the big shot to Deshaun Jackson, maybe there was a coverage bust where someone was out of alignment, someone did something they weren't supposed to do, and that's why Deshaun Jackson was was open down the field. But for the most part, the team had played tight. They did a really good job keeping the ball in front. And in this league, if you don't turn it over and you don't let it fly over the top of the defense, you're going to have an opportunity to win games. And so the Jaguars made some strides because for the most part, they didn't allow those things to happen. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks Wednesdays at 4 p.m. on the Jaguars social media channels and Jaguars.com. Now a preview of an interview that will air in full on the official Jaguars podcast network Saturday and will run again Sunday in countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. It's pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor discussing the quarterback, the run game, and more. You bring in a guy who you deem as the franchise quarterback, obviously everybody's you know, patient and optimistic and uh, rooting you on and looking for you to do well. And then as good as your play goes, you know, it trickle downs to down to everyone else. You know, and, and Trevor, and don't don't this isn't an exact quote, but he said something to the extent of I've always been that guy. You know, trying to, you know, find myself, find a way to put it together. And he has shown those glimpses over the past three weeks. You mentioned his QBR has been, you know, astronomical. It's been very consistent. You know, that's what I love to see well into uh, triple digits over 100 in the last three games. And if I think if he can find himself a window where he's playing, obviously, one game at a time at the end of the quarter, if he boxes it in for himself and say, I was three out of four, I did this, I did that. You know, these are the things I can look back at within this stretch. These are the things I did great. These are the things that I have to continue to prove on. I think he can create himself a routine. I think that uh, as well as he plays, it'll lift up the other guys' play. You know, they'll be so confident in his quarterback that they can make things happen. And they're all on the same page now, I think. The guys are picking up their play, and everyone is uh, starting to show some consistency uh, across the board. Fred Taylor with us. Last week, Travis Etienne Jr. left the game. It was a foot issue. He sounded confident this week that he'd be able to go again. But Jamichael Hasty stepped in and played a big role in last week's game, certainly in the passing game. Now, this feels like a week against Detroit. I mean, this is a defense in Detroit that is ranked very low, bottom of the league in most every metric, major metric at least. I mean, you, this is a run-the-football game, right? Uh, this is one where – Hey, the offensive line, go handle business up front and right. hand it off to these guys and get the job done. Yeah, you know, numbers are tricky in the NFL. They get you excited. You know, whether you're the one patting your stats or you're looking at someone that's ranked at the bottom of the league in a statistical category, it, it does get you excited, and rightfully so it should. Uh, but the games are played on Sundays. You don't have the, the pen and paper isn't out there on the field. You got to go out there. You got to beat your guy. You know, you have to win your individual matchup, especially, you know, if you're going to try and run the ball. You know, obviously all the guys have to be on one accord, but it's about individual matchups, uh, making sure you can account for that eighth defender in the box when they come down, knowing if they have a weak run defense, you know, that defender is going to come in the box and they're going to try to force you out of uh, running the ball and make you beat them deep. And I think that'll be a situation that we'll see here versus the Lions. The Jaguars do have a challenge in front of them, but like they've done multiple games this year, 
I also think that they will be successful in running the ball. And that's where this starts. If they're going to win today, they got to run it. And on the flip side, obviously, the rushing defense, who was once in the top five to start the season, they have to step it up and play like they played versus the Ravens. They did a great job of containing Lamar and, and the Ravens' uh, rush attack. I think they have to also show the same today. So I, I like this matchup. Again, I said it's going to be interesting. You have two teams that play really hard. Some They, they either lose it close or, or, or win it close. This is a good one. The full conversation with Fred Taylor coming up Saturday on the official Jaguars podcast network. Let's wrap this week with the Doug Peterson show from Thursday, including his approach to the division standings and behind the scenes insight to Trevor Lawrence's approach. This guy works at his craft every single day, every single week in practice. I mean, you look at some of his numbers and, and where he is right now and just how, um, I'll say this. I've, I've, kind of gone on record I think saying this is that Denver game you know the mistake he made in the goal line deep in on you know in the red zone there I think that really bothered him and it really affected him and and kind of a wake-up call you know uh to where he's played extremely well since that point and you know obviously you don't want to be the guy that kind of lets your team down at any at any time but you know particularly Trevor he's he's really hard on himself he's critical on himself uh but at the same time you know he takes coaching extremely well and you're just seeing those gradual kind of incremental increases in, 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 in his performance each and every week. And, and that's what, as a staff, we're excited about. And, of course, myself as a head coach, just understand your quarterback is getting better, taking care of the football, you know, here in the last few games and, and um, you know, playing, playing within himself and playing within the system. Interesting that you talk about that Denver game. The, the maturity that he's displayed, I think, throughout has been impeccable. But you talk about the Denver game before the half against Baltimore, same exact play call that he threw the interception against Denver. This time he immediately throws it out of bounds. Earlier in the year he threw an interception on a third and very long when he tried to gain all of the yardage in one throw. You have the same type of situation in this ball game on a third and 21, and he takes what's there. And knowing that it's going to be a four-down situation, I mean, those are, are things that he's shown now that he's learning from. And you've played the position. Do you sometimes have to go through it every time and sometimes maybe multiple times and fail to learn? You do. Um, you really do. And, and, you know, sometimes as coaches, we, we feel like we're, we're very redundant. We like, we're, like, I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes. We keep repeating ourselves, repeating ourselves, repeating ourselves. But you need to repeat yourself one more time, and you got to repeat it again the next week because, you know, you want to drive the point home. But we understand, too, that possessions – possessions in this league and in each game are important right and and the more we can number one take care of the football or stay on the field on third down get off the field defensively on third down just or take an onside kick at Kansas City and steal an extra possession or maybe a fourth down those are all the things that you know we put our quarterback but our team in those situations and scenarios so that you know they ask for the two-point conversion. They want to go and win the game last week, and it doesn't necessarily have to be my decision. It can be, it can be just that. And so the team is building confidence uh, with amongst themselves. We're building confidence, you know, uh, it, within the players, and and it's really good to see that this time of year, um, you know, things. Sure, you know we're four and seven, whatever, but but things are beginning to sort of click and and sort of head in that right direction. Stretch run is upon us. Final thought here, Coach. Uh, 
chasing the Titans in the division. Everybody is right now. Three back, six to go, two head-to-head matchups. Do you put that out in front of the team, or is it a little too early still for that? I don't think so. I don't think he. I don't think it's too early for that. You know, with six games to go, everything's right in front of us. Our goals are right in front of us. It's obviously a uh, you know a one game sort of season as we as we uh, continue here down the stretch. But we know we're chasing Tennessee, and and really the, the Colts are in front of us too by a half a game. And I, I just don't think it's too soon. You know, I want the guys to understand that. You know, I'm I'm hopeful and optimistic that this comes down to Week 18 and and we got a chance for the division then. But you know, we got to take care of business each week. We know that it's a it's a one game mentality uh, at a time. But um, you know, I want to make I want to make sure the guys understand just just where we are. The Doug Peterson Show airs Thursday at five o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network, and the archive is available on Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and of course Jaguars.com. That will about do it. It's a battle of four and seven teams at Ford Field in Detroit, and both teams need it. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions coming up. We're on the air Sunday in Jacksonville at ten o'clock with the Public Sailgate Show. At noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars Radio network and of course the kickoff time for the week 13 matchup set for one o'clock enjoy the weekend and thanks for listening i'm jp shadrick we'll catch you next week on the jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by tiaa bank